Hi guys, it's Rach here and welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis podcast. I have cedar fever. Don't worry, this this episode is not about cedar fever. This episode's about success. It's part of our series on the mindset for success, but I want to explain why my voice sounds a little weird um or at least more weird than normal. And that is because I have something called cedar fever. If you live around Central Texas or have ever lived around Central Texas, then you are for sure familiar. If you're not, let me tell you about this crazy thing that happens once a year in Austin and that I did not know about or believe until I lived here. A quick side note, I have taken four COVID tests just to be absolutely sure that I do not have COVID and I don't. Uh, It is my annual, you know, just clinging to life with allergies destroying me. And maybe right now you're like, calm down, dramatica, extravaganza. Nobody gets that sick from allergies, dude. I want you just to look up, just for me, I want you to look up, find a video of someone showing the pollen that comes off a cedar tree. There's like lots of videos on the internet where someone just like goes up to a cedar tree and sort of lightly shakes it and it looks like a dust storm. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen. So there's all kinds of cedar trees in central Texas where I live out in hill country outside of Austin. And every year about this time, It utterly destroys me. Now, last year, I didn't get it because last year there was a freeze and I forgot that it happens. And frankly, I forgot to take any precautions to guard my heart and my soul against this thing. (laughs) But um, this year it's come back with a vengeance. It basically feels like you have a really bad flu, but it is your allergies and I have done all the homeopathic cures, and I will say, for any of you who are in Austin, the one thing that I found that really helps is nettle tea. Nettle, like stinging nettle, tea form. You can just buy it in tea bags. But I've basically spent a few days shuddering with aches and chills and sneezing and I didn't want to record this podcast today because my nose is still stuffy, but I was like, you know what? Part of success is doing what needs to be done, and this is what needs to be done right now. So I just wanted to explain to you guys why I'm sounding like that, and if you are my fellow Austinite and you also are dealing with it right now, I've looked, the pollen count is out of control. I feel like that M. Night Shyamalan movie where all the the plants like decide to kill everybody. That's me. I'm the weakling that the trees will take out first. But I'm over here. I'm fine. It's we're we're getting through it. But for right now, my voice is going to sound a little silly. But the the information's still good, guys. I promise. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. We are on the last installment of the Mindset for Success. I hope that you listened in earlier this week when I did an interview with my friend Russell Brunson, and we talked about all the things, but also his theories on success and the people that you surround yourself with and proximity is power, and it was an incredible conversation. And I really hope you guys loved it. But today, I want to dig into my 
sort of final thoughts on this and like the real meat of this conversation. If you listen to the first part of this series, I had you do a little homework. So I asked you to think about your identity and how you self-identify and uh, the beliefs that you have about yourself or the limiting beliefs that you have about yourself because those are so essential when it comes to the success that we experience in life. But for today, I want to get into some tactics. And some of these are things you've maybe heard before. Some of these are things maybe you haven't. But I always believe that even the stuff that you've heard before, you could always use a deeper dive on it, or maybe you just need to be reminded. Some of the most profound learnings in my life happened when I heard something I had heard before, but for some reason on that particular day in that conference or from that pastor or in that podcast, like something just hit me and I like lightning bolt was able to absorb that information in a way I hadn't before. So I'm hoping that you have that today. If nothing else, then maybe there'll be one great little nugget for you in this conversation. And if you are enjoying these chats, if you are enjoying podcasts, I'm just going to ask you to do me a solid and subscribe to the show. When you subscribe to the podcast, you get a notification in your in your podcast whenever there's a new show that comes out, so you never miss an episode. Podcasts will always be free to you guys, and just it's the a little simple thing you can do for the podcast that you love is just subscribe to them. So thanks in advance for being my buddy and subscribing to the show. Let's jump in. If you haven't yet listened to the episode or the first part of this series on self-image and how you identify, I'd love for you to start there. Let's just take a quick pause on this episode. Go back and listen to that because it really is a foundation for what I'm going to talk about today. I believe that we all have a self-image and we all have a belief about who we are and that every single thing that we do in life, good and bad, is us living in to the identity we believe that we have. I don't think that you can escape that cycle unless you actively do something to change the way you see yourself. That's what we're going to talk about today. If you are really successful in some areas of your life and then have other areas where you really struggle and you're like, dang, why can't I bring the success I have in business to my health? Or why can't I bring the success I have in my relationship? Why can't I have that kind of um, incredible, vibrant energy that I have in my relationships with my loved ones, with my friends? Why can't I bring that into my spiritual growth or my faith or my goals that I've set for myself? If you feel like you have success in some areas but not others and you're always like, ah, why? The human tendency is to believe that we don't have enough willpower, right? Or we haven't figured out the right hack, or we need a different coach, or we need to buy something, or we need to read a new book. And really, it's because there's something about the way you see yourself that limits you in that area. So you don't perceive yourself as a quote unquote healthy person or the kind of person who runs or you don't see yourself as someone who is great at business or you don't see yourself as someone who can have a loving relationship, right? However you believe is what you will keep living into. There was this story about a sales guy in, oh golly, forgive me because I don't remember the time. <laughs> I don't remember the time this happened or where it was in the U.S., but there was a sales guy who, let's say it was a while ago because he was really successful on this sales team and he made $5,000 a quarter. So it must have been a while ago if he was one of the number one sales guys. So he's really killing it in sales. He's making $5,000 a quarter. The company he works for is like, this guy's amazing. Let's take him out of this territory that he's in and let's put him in a bigger territory. Let's give him a bigger city. Because if he's making $5,000 over here in Des Moines, then golly, what could he do in Chicago? So they move this guy to Chicago and he makes $5,000 a quarter. I'm like, that's nuts. And they keep trying to motivate him and figure it out and 
it doesn't work. They have him in Chicago for like a year and he just keeps doing $5,000 a quarter. So they end up putting him in another territory, in another territory. And no matter where they put this guy, whether it's the best territory in the U.S. or the worst small podunk town, he always makes $5,000 a quarter. Why? Because he's a $5,000 a quarter kind of guy. In his mind, that's the amount of money that he makes. And so what they saw with him was that if he was killing it, like if he had made $5,000 halfway through the quarter, he would coast. And the flip side of that was if he was getting into the end of the quarter and he'd only made 1000 he would hustle and work his butt off until he got to the number that he expected to see. Whatever you expect of yourself, you will live into. So it's why I did that first episode about looking, taking a deeper dive and really examining, being honest with yourself about how you see yourself in the areas of your life where you struggle. Once you've identified that, it is possible to change the way you see yourself. And that's what we're talking about today. So at the beginning of every single year, I map out goals for myself. And if you've been with me for a while, you've probably heard me talk about a 10-year goal or sort of this vision that you have for yourself or what you want to do with your life or what's your legacy. And as time has gone on, I really have grown so much as a human, but also have really worked to deplete my ego and inflate my life. I don't really know another way to say that. That's I'm a writer and I should be better at however that sounds. But for the longest time, for years and years and years, I was chasing this ideal, right? I was chasing what it meant to be an entrepreneur. I was chasing making a certain amount of money. I was chasing having a certain amount of followers on social media. I was chasing all of these things. And I can look back now and understand that was absolutely fed by my ego. And I think when you talk about ego that we tend to think like egotistical, like, oh, that person's full of themselves. They have an ego. And that could certainly be it. But when I'm talking about ego, I'm more talking about the belief that we have built around ourselves or because of our family of origin or because of our society that says that in order for us to have value or worth, we need to check these boxes. We all have a version of this. Unless you are actively working constantly to kill your ego, to make that non-existent, then you've got something. You, It's why we buy the nicer car. It's why we feel like we need the nicer house. It's why more is more is more is more is more. And we're always chasing something bigger and better and greater. Because I grew up poor, I really chased wealth for a long time. That was so important to me to make money because I never wanted to have a life like I'd had in my childhood. I never wanted my kids to worry about whether or not we had money for food or to worry about whether or not we had money for rent. I, I never wanted that for them. And so I worked really, really hard. And that's awesome. And I'm so proud of what I built and the money I made and the money I continue to make. What I can look back and understand now how it became warped was it never felt like enough. No matter how much money I made, it wasn't enough money. I Because I had this scarcity mindset, because I was living in fear that suddenly the money would go away and we'd be poor again. And I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs about this, especially those of us who grew up without money. And maybe you have this too. Maybe you're not an entrepreneur, but maybe you experience this, that you have this fear from childhood that you're going to run out or that it's not going to be enough. So you keep hustling to make sure that you've always got revenue coming in. And I have done so much work and so much therapy in the last couple of years and the last year especially to try and understand where that came from and how to dismantle it. Because if we believe that things outside ourselves 
give us value, we're always going to be lost. We're always going to be hustling for our worth. We're always going to be trying to chase something down. We're always, like, we'll never be centered. We'll never be grounded. We'll never be free, ever, because that thing will always hang over our heads and say, more, more, more. Oh, but if you just did this, but if you just did that, but if you just pushed a little harder over here and you work so hard on achieving these sort of worldly things and spend very little time asking your inner self if you're happy, if you're happy, if you're fulfilled, if you are doing okay. Like you start to associate outward success with the definition of whether or not you're okay. And I can tell you in the years, you guys have heard me talk about this, the years that I made the most money ever in the history of time was the most miserable year of my life. Absolutely run ragged, killing myself to keep up, hustle, hustle, hustle. And the thing was, I was surrounded by all these people in my field who were doing it too and who were more successful and were saying to go harder and push more and, oh, but you could do this and you could do this. And I'm so glad I went through that. I'm so freaking grateful that I went through that because if I had never achieved that kind of success, and I'm using air quotes, if I never had achieved that kind of success, then I wouldn't have known that that is actually not my definition of success. I spent the last year of my life continuously working on this idea of living in a state of abundance and escaping a scarcity mindset. And one of the ways that I learned to do that is by asking over and over and over, how much money do you actually need? How much money do you need? Because I live a really beautiful life, beautiful life. And it's not 2019 where I'm making millions and millions and millions of dollars and oh my gosh, we're killing it even though we're miserable. I live a really beautiful life and I make my kids breakfast, lunch, for those of them who take lunch, the other two eat at school, and dinner. And I put them to bed every night and I wake them up every morning and we play outside and I have a beautiful home and I'm going to plant a garden this spring and I've got a miniature schnauzer that is like basically having an 80-year-old man as a dog and I have a beautiful partner and my boyfriend. I have a really beautiful life. And it's not blingy. It's really good. And I am still doing better than 99% of the world's population. You know what's crazy? So are you. If you're listening to this, you have a phone or a device that you're listening to this on, you're doing better than the majority of the world's population. You make money than the majority of the world's population. If you don't believe me, I want you to go Google what the average person makes in a developing nation. You're killing it. If you can listen to this right now, you are doing better than most people. And so am I. And I'm not for one moment trying to take for granted how blessed I am to get to do a job like this and to make the money that I make today, but I do want to continuously gut check myself and ask, what does success really look like to me? For the first time ever, it wasn't just about the goals I wanted to achieve. It was the life I wanted to have. That's what I did at the beginning of this year. And it was a pretty simple process that I don't know if you guys will think this is lame, but I really liked it. I got a big dry erase board. I waited till I was by myself and I got a big dry erase board. You could also do this on a mirror or I guess you could do it on a piece of paper, but I really like a whiteboard because I feel like I'm like mapping out something big. And I guess I am because I'm mapping out my life. So I got this big whiteboard and a dry erase marker. And I just went through the different areas of my life. And I didn't say, what do I want to have? I said, who do I want to be? So I have this vision 
of the absolute best version of myself. I know what she looks like and she gets clearer and clearer in my mind every single day. And when I was doing that whiteboard session, I asked myself, the very best version of me, what does she do during the day? How is she aligned nutritionally, spiritually? How does she show up as a mama? How does she show up as a partner? It was much more the person I want to be. So those those goals became sort of daily intentions or daily ideals for myself as opposed to year-long goals. It was like, what would this version of me do every single morning when she wakes up? And I had never been that granular with the idea before. And I just started writing out all of these things. And I didn't say oh, this is who I, I, I want to be this or I want to be that. I was like, the ideal version of me is a movie screenwriter and movie producer, right? Because that's one of my goals. One of my goals is to finish the billionth round of edits on my screenplay and have it made into a movie, okay? So that's a goal. So then the dream version of me is a movie producer and a screenwriter, like a paid screenwriter. Someone said, this is not garbage. We are paying you for this script. That's a dream version of me, right? Or a dream version of me is that I'm a yogi. So I've gotten to start going to yoga again, which is a huge deal for me. And the dream version of me is a marathon runner. I haven't run a marathon in six or seven years. So I'm really excited to do that again this year. I just started going through all of these things and wrote down what that was. And I did it on a whiteboard because I would write, I would kind of brain dump, right? So I would put all these different areas of my life and I would say, okay, this is what I want spiritually and this is what I want as a mom and this is what I want financially and this is what I want for my business. And I would, I do this a lot when I'm brainstorming for myself is I'll just brain dump everything and I'll write something down. And at the time, it sounds like a really smart idea. I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I want to, you know, have an Arabian racehorse league. That sounds so fun. And I'll like write it down. And then six minutes later, I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? And I'll erase it. So a lot of times I'm starting by casting a really big net. And then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller until I can look at every single thing that's on that list and go, yes. Yes, like emphatically, yes, this is what I want for my life. This is who I want to be. This is who she, I'm using quotes, this is who she is. If I was living as the best version of myself every day, this is who I would be. And I'm pretty great. I, I, I really love myself and I'm really proud of how hard I'm working. This isn't something that you do going like, oh man, the person I am today is total garbage and we got to fix them. no. The person you are today is exactly who you were supposed to be. It's exactly who you were supposed to be to take the next step. But we're never done in the process. It never stops. The training never ends. Like we're always aiming to become the next best version of ourselves. And if that's true, what do they look like? And what's really powerful about this is how the dream version of myself in some areas I feel like I can't have. It's it's this is so dumb, but here's just like a deep dive into my psyche for a second. I am at heart, I am a hippie. Your girl is a hippie. If you hang out with me here on podcast, if you watch YouTube, if you watch Instagram when I post every 6 weeks cuz I'm never on there anymore, then you know, maybe you have an idea like my true nature is like hippie vibes. And it has been always. But there was a certain aesthetic that I thought I needed to have in order to be a quote unquote motivational speaker, right? Like a certain look that I needed to have or a certain way that I needed to be. And the reason, no joke, if you ever have, if you have ever heard me talk about how much I love Hawaii, straight up, the reason I love Hawaii for the longest time, when I was married, I used to tell my ex-husband this all the time. I would be like, I love it here because in Hawaii, nobody cares if you wear flip-flops and cutoffs everywhere you go. And my natural state is flip-flops and cutoffs. 
But I always felt like I had to look a certain way or be a certain way. And so I think a lot of us have this like dream version of ourselves, but we think, oh, I can't do that. I can't have that. I can't, that, that, that seems crazy or like that's not for me or that's for other people or there's no way, this is the way it's always been done. So this is the way it always has to be done. And what I'm asking you to do in this whiteboarding process is go, if I could wave a wand, if I knew I would not fail, who would I, who would I want to be? Because I think it's about getting closer and closer to the freedom of who you actually are. Years ago, I was speaking with, I forgive me because I don't know her last name, but it's the woman who is, you know that movie Molly's Game? So Molly something, whatever her last name is, she, if you're not familiar, she had this big gambling uh, poker game in LA and the movie's amazing. You should totally watch it. But I was speaking at an event with her and we were backstage and we hadn't spoken yet, but we had to go to this like panelist thing with like 20 other people. And it was pretty far. We were in a convention center. It was pretty far from where we were. And she was wearing like six inch stilettos, like gorgeous shoes, gorgeous. And her legs looked amazing, really tall high heels. And I was wearing Converse. Because at that point, I had gotten to a place in my life where even though I still felt like I had to look a certain way, I definitely had gotten over the idea that I needed to wear a dress and heels on stage. And she was wearing like cute jeans and a cute tee and a like blazer and heels. But we're walking and we're walking forever. And no one's really talking. We hadn't really been introduced yet. And at some point when we're like, we've been walking for a while and her shoes are killing her, she looked over at me. And she looks down at my shoes and she's like, oh God, I wish I could wear sneakers on stage. And I was like, oh, you totally can, 100%. You totally can. I used to wear high heels all the time on stage because the only women I ever saw on stage were wearing high heels. And I thought that's what I had to do. But I have the same knowledge in the same way that she has the same knowledge. And I have the same amount of time dedicated to this craft of being a great speaker. And she has the same amount of time and that she's dedicated to her craft. That is not taken away based on the shoes you wear. I'm like freaking Aaron Sorkin did a movie about your life. You can wear a chicken suit on stage if you want to. You get to decide the image. But whatever you've told yourself, you will live into. So consider the idea, and it it maybe feels a little bit wild, but I did this whiteboard, and I kept editing it until every single thing that was written on that whiteboard felt that I felt emphatically, yes, that is the best version of me. And then I wrote down each title or word or thing that I said on three by five index cards, and I keep them with me all the time. They're on my desk right now, four feet from me, and I flip through them a few times a day, reminding myself who I want to be. All right, so I just grabbed them from my desk, and you can hear it's a bunch of, it's a stack of cards. So I'll just read you what's in the stack. I don't think there's anything scary for you to know, but, or maybe there is. I mean, I'll just call my shot right now, but you can hear the way that I wrote things down. So uh, the first, I'll I'll just go through. I'm going to go through the stack, guys. This is what I came to after I did the whiteboard version of me. The best version of myself is centered and grounded, nutritionally aligned. Um, For me, that means doing, uh, being really intuitive with my eating and listening to my body and making sure that I'm eating things that don't disagree with me, nutritionally aligned, strong, high energy, having sustained high energy in order to do the work that I want to do, but also make sure that I'm still present and energized when my kids get home from school is very important to me. Style icon. I really like that. I was like, that's a bold, that's a bold call. Like I, I admire my best friend Sammy so much because no matter where Sammy goes or what we're doing, we literally be like walking to get coffee, 
going to the beach, going to a club in Brazil. Like Sammy always looks, I mean, her style is on point and her style is on point because she's very intentional about it. And I tend to think that style like that is for other people. Like I'm not cool enough to know what to put together, but I am. When I was doing this, I was like, what do I wish I was? And I'm like, I wish I was like Sammy. I wish that I was stylish always, not just sometimes. And then I was like, dude, you, but first of all, in COVID times, you barely leave your house, which means you could very easily, the two times a month that you leave your house to go to Whole Foods or to go on a date, like you could wear an outfit that's cute. You don't have to wear sweatpants everywhere. So anyway, I don't know fully what's going to come of that. But style icon, I wrote down. And you could roll your eyes at me, you guys. But whatever. That's my goal. An intentional friend. An incredible mother. A loving, joyful partner. To That's for my boyfriend. A philanthropist. Lover of life. A skier. Okay, let me explain this one. I've only been skiing once. My boyfriend's European, which means he loves skiing. Him and his friends go all the time. And I always say that I don't ski, but I do like to drink in the snow. Like I like an apres ski moment. Like I'll meet you in the ski lodge later. But one of my goals for 2022 is I would like to stop being such a weenie. For real. That's like one of my big goals this year is I am a pretty big weenie about cold water, things that go fast, anything that involves like blades, like skiing, snowboarding, water skiing. And I'm so scared. I'm scared of everything. I am a weenie. And so my goal is to stop being such a freaking weenie. Like if you fall, you fall. So I'm calling my shot. I'm saying that I would like to be a skier. Don't have to be good. I just have to be able to like go to Switzerland and ski Obviously, I've never been to Switzerland. I just wanted to like be fancy. So let's go to Park City in Utah and ski. But that's one of my goals. Marathon runner. I have run a marathon, but not in a long time. And I'm in training to do another one now. So pretty pumped. A yogi. A guitar player. My older brother played guitar and... I really felt called to pick it up and learn how to play music. So guitar player, Uh, polyglot. So forever, 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 I have said that I want to speak Spanish. And I realized in doing this process, I was like, wait, if the thing is you can wave a wand, you cannot fail, then don't just say that you want to speak Spanish. Be a polyglot, someone who speaks multiple languages. So be that. So, you know, stay tuned. Maybe an upcoming episode is in a different language. Boy, would that be exciting. A world traveler, a ranch owner. That's one of my big um, dreams that I have for my life is to own a ranch here in Texas. A gardener, because I'm starting my garden soon. A director. So, again, waving a wand. One of my things is screenwriter and producer. And I was like, well, why not just... Also say that someday you want to direct a movie and be cool. A nature witch. (laughs) I didn't know how else to say. I was like, how do I explain that I want to like really feel energized and get out in nature and be one with nature and spend – I already do, but I just wanted a word for that. So nature witch is what I came up with. I don't know if that's actually a thing. And then a multi-million dollar highly successful host – And that's of this show, and I am that, but I just want to keep on making sure that I'm giving content and taking care of the listening audience really well. And so I want to remind myself that that's one of my core definitions. A producer, a writer, obviously I'm a writer, but my goal is always to move into other genres that I haven't written before. So You guys just got an inside look at my head, but that was the practice that I went through. And it's not like you can snap your fingers. Some of these feel really far-fetched to me, and that's the point. But I get to define who I am. I get to define who I am. And you get to define who you are. Your mom doesn't get to decide who you are. Our parents try. Our family of origin tries. The bullies in middle school try. 
the world tries, the media tries, but you are the one who gets to decide who you are and how you show up in the world. And the first step is calling your shot. And let me tell you, most people can't call their shot. Most people complain about their life, but have no idea what they would want to do to make it better. Like, okay, well, here's a wand. You can have it and not like, oh, I want a $10 million or whatever. No, what would you want day to day to change your life for it to be better? If you haven't asked yourself those questions, how on earth are you going to get there? It's like that line in, in Alice in Wonderland in the book where she says, she's asking, I think she's asking the, the cat, the Cheshire cat, how, you know, can you tell me how to get to where I'm going? And he's like, where do you want to go? She said, it doesn't matter. I just need to go. And he's like, oh, then it doesn't matter. Basically, the directions don't matter if you have no clear place that you're headed. If you're not sure where you want to go, then you're just going to wander around. If you don't have anything to aim at, then you'll miss the target every time. So the first step towards success is what is the self-image and what does success look like to you? And dude, I'm not going to be the one that tells you if you're in the phase of life where you're like, dude, I want $10 million. That is my goal. I have it on my vision board. It's written, it's tattooed on my forehead. I want $10 million. I know that's going to be the thing that does it. I'm not going to. Awesome. More power to you. We all get to decide whatever makes sense for us. And there was a time in my life where that was the goal. And it's not that anymore. Because I know that you can make all the money in the world and be miserable. And so I believe, the flip, by the way, is that I believe that if I live my life trying to be the best version of myself, the freest version of myself, and I just focus on my art, if I just focus on creating great content, writing well, speaking well, communicating well, I think that the universe and God will continue to make sure that I have enough money to live this beautiful life. That's an abundant mindset, is believing there will always be, I will always be taken care of, and it will always grow and flourish if I'm focused on the right things. The second thing that you can do after the whiteboard exercise and then the note cards is to ask yourself, how would they, I'm using air quotes again, so that version of you, that dream version, how would they behave? And if you're not sure, maybe that's hard, it was hard for you to imagine different scenarios for yourself, then think of someone who represents the kind of person that you want to be and ask, how would they do it, right? If, if your dream is to be the rock and you ask yourself all day long, what would the rock do? What would the rock do right now? What would the rock do now? What would the rock do now? I guarantee that if you love someone enough to want to be like them, you're going to come up with answers, even if they're not actually accurate because they're based on your vision of this celebrity, right? But you're going to get ideas. If I really, truly lived my life and was like, what would the rock do? Well, I'd probably wake up at four o'clock in the morning and work out for two hours with a chain around my neck. And I'd, I don't know, eat 12 chicken breasts a day or something. I don't know, but I would definitely have ideas. If you don't have any ideas about how to be successful as a human and an individual, model behavior. Everything that you want to do, business, marriage, relationships with your friends, philanthropy, faith, spirituality, working out, everything has been done before. There are so many people that you can model behavior from whether that's following the brand that they put out on social media, reading a book, YouTube videos, podcasts. There's a ton of information out there. So if you're not sure what to do, use your imagination and ask, how would they behave? So the best version of me, when I think of this, like she's so clear in my head and she's just a bit more like spiritually aligned and like zen. She's more zen than I am. I'm working on it, but she's she's more zen. And so when I ask myself that question every morning, I'm like, okay, how would what would she do in the morning? And maybe this sounds a little crazy. Maybe a psychologist is like, we should talk. 
I ask myself, what would she do in the morning? And I always think, well, she would do three sun salutations, which is a yogic flowy thing. But it's the last thing that I want to do when I wake up in the morning. I zero interest in that. I want to go make coffee. I want to go drink my coffee. I don't want to do yoga first thing in the morning. But I'm like, but she would. And it every time gets me to do the yoga that I don't want to do. It gets me to chug half a bottle of water. It gets me to do things I don't want to do because I'm like, okay, you wouldn't do it, but she would. And you want to be that version of yourself. So asking what would they do in this situation? How would they behave? The next trick, idea, hack, whatever, is visualization. Now, guys, I know. This one is not for those of you who have been with me forever, because if you've been with me forever, you are tired of hearing me talk about visualizing. Because if you have listened to me, you understand how powerful it is. If you haven't done this, it's where you're headed. It's the image that you have of what you want. It's It can be something as like, oh, thinking about yourself in the future or like a specific scenario. So one of the things, one of my goals this year, it's been my goals, goal for many years, but because of COVID, travel has been so hard. I really want to go to Iceland and I've wanted to go to Iceland forever. And so one of the visualizations that I have, don't ask me why. I don't know why this is my thing, but I want to go to Iceland. And then I was like, I want to do a shot in Iceland because I was like, I feel like it's cold there and vodka is, yeah, Icelandic vodka. I don't know. I was just like, oh, I'm going to, I love vodka and I'm going to be in Iceland. And and then I was like, I'm going to do a shot on a glacier in Iceland. That's so weird and oddly specific but I can see that. If I just said, I want to go to Iceland, I've never been. And I can look up pictures and I do have images on my bulletin board and my vision board. But there's something about that idea that like, I'm going to be there, whether it's by myself or with my friends, and I'm going to go out on a glacier walk. I'm making this up. I don't know if they have glacier walks, but I'm going to get myself to a glacier. And then I'm going to have like packed a tiny little flask or something. And then I'm going to like toast myself because I finally got there. I'm going to do that shot of vodka or whatever. It's going to make me warm. And I'm going to be like, holy crap, I did it. That's a visualization. And visualizing doesn't actually work unless you attach emotion to it. You can imagine all day. Maybe some of you just had an aha moment. Maybe you've been doing visualizing or meditating for years and you're not really getting results. There's no emotion there. I don't have a lot of emotion about I want to go to Iceland, but I do get pretty pumped about the idea of doing a shot on a glacier. (laughs) And I made that up because it gave me something really specific that I could do that I can I don't know how long that's going to take. I don't know when the world will make that easier. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's two years from now. But I do know that I will do that. And having something to to imagine in my mind, like I can see it like a movie in my mind, keeps me on track and keeps me focused on where I want to go. My next bit of advice is when it comes to success in anything – Oh, I I hate that I'm going to tell you something you've heard before, but maybe you need mama to tell it to you again. You have got to be surrounded by people who are more successful than you are in the areas you want to be successful. You've got to be, you have to have people in your sphere who are interested in the same things, working on the same things, who are at your level or above, ideally, above, further along than you are, you have to. If you've heard this before, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. If you're, and this is one of the things that Russell and I talked about, is having a circle of people to surround yourself with. And if you're in a circle and you're the one, you're the only one who cares about health, everybody else loves to drink or smoke or wake and bake or party all night or whatever, and you're really trying to get healthy and take care of your body and be more intentional, and and you're the only one that you know that's interested in that, you are making it 
unnecessarily so hard on yourself. If you have people in your life that are doing something that you're interested in doing and they're more successful at it and they've already figured it out, you're going to naturally gravitate in that direction. In fact, it's why sometimes we get sort of pulled into things that enough time goes by and we're like, wait a minute, I wasn't really, I didn't even really want to get that into it. I, I really didn't even want to go down that road, but everybody else was doing it and they're really good and I have fun with them and I, and we sort of get swept up in that direction. It's why it matters so much that you can say, this is who I want to be. This is the image that I have, as well as who are people that are succeeding in this area. And I say this because I know this about myself. I am so blessed and that I have so many friends who are really successful entrepreneurs. And I love to hang out with them and I geek out. I've, I've owned a business for so long. It makes me so, but if I hang out with them and they start talking about like the annual revenue goals and the what they're going to do this quarter and 10Xing and blah, blah, then I start to get amped up in that and I start to believe that, that oh God, okay, me too. Yeah, mm -hmm, let me, and then I go and it'll take me months to bring my trajectory back. Because remember, I didn't, if you heard my list, like the things on my list are about being grounded and nutritionally aligned and being a great mama and writing and creating and being a good host for you on the show. They're not over here about building a billion dollar business. So I have to be really clear, not just that I have friends that are more successful than me. You want people in your life who are more successful than you are at the thing that you want to be learning about. Like, it, it's great. It's so amazing that I can go hang out with Tom and Lisa Bilyeu. Dear friends, I love them so much. We always have so much fun when we hang out. But if my goal is to be grounded and centered, <laughs> if my goal is to be calm, if my goal is to be free, you know, Tom's not the buddy I'm calling for that. Tom's the one that I call if I need someone to kick my butt, tell me to believe in myself, tell me to work harder. But I would be so much more successful in going and talking to someone who like does yoga at my studio, who doesn't have a billion dollar business, but is wildly successful in the area I want to grow and learn inside of. Who you surround yourself with matters. And if you feel like you're falling off plan, it's because of the perception you have of yourself, but also the perception that you have believing that you're the kind of person who deserves that kind of circle. You're the kind of person who deserves that kind of partner. You're the kind of person who deserves those employees we don't get what we want in life. We get what we accept. It's a Tony Robbins line. You don't get what you want. If we all got what we want, we'd be way further along than we are right now. You get what you have to have. You get what you accept. You've accepted where you are right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you feel like there are areas that you want to grow, and you want to experience more success, then that means we have to take a deeper look at why we are where we are. Okay, guys, that is the conclusion of Mindset for Success. Those are the things that have really helped me to be successful is to have a really clear idea of where I want to go and consistently stay focused on how I am going to get there, to make sure that I have people I'm surrounding myself with who are more successful than I am so that I can pick their brains, so that they can share tips and ideas, so they can hold me accountable and I can do the same for them, and to continually redefine how I want to show up in this world. The last piece of advice I want to offer you is to encourage you to study Pareto's principle or the 80-20 rule, if you're not already familiar with this. It 
can absolutely change your life. But essentially, Pareto was a uh, an economist, I think, an Italian economist very long time ago, 100 years ago or more. And he found that there was always this correlation between the output that we got from something and where it actually came from. So essentially, he discovered that 20% of his, I'm going to just use some examples, 20% of his clients made 80% of his revenue. 20% of the peas in his garden, 20% of the pea plants produced 80% of the actual crop. 20% of products in a business equate for 80% of the revenue. We can find this again and again and again in life. You can look at all the areas of your life and if you break it down, you find that 20% of the marketing you do is giving you 80% of the results. 20% of the exercise that you do is giving you 80% of the definition and the results that you're getting. It's just look it up. In fact, oftentimes they find it's even less. It's like 90-10 or 99-1. But the, the idea behind the power of this is that if you can figure out what the 20% is, what's the 20% of clients, customers, nutrition, workouts, study, learning, intentionality with your kids, what's the 20% that if you were able to stop doing the, the rest and just give all your effort to the 20%, your results would explode. Your results would explode. Because if 20% of effort gives you 80% of results and you just focus on what is giving you, tw- like what's that 20% if you can identify it, it's exponential. It's it's unbelievable. It's working smarter, not harder. So it's not my concept. It's definitely been talked about a ton, but that is the last piece of advice I'd give you today is to check out the 80-20 principle and understand how it applies to your life. I hope you enjoyed our chat. As always, I'd really appreciate it. If you dug this episode, please take a screenshot, post it on your social, tag me so I can hear what you thought, or send it to a friend that you think would really love it. I will be back next week with another episode. And until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me. Rachel Hollis. The show is produced by Sterling Coates and edited by Andrew Weller. 